Welcome to Politics Done Right. I am your host, Egberto Willis. This is a progressive program that will take the mystery out of politics. This is the program that will encourage you to make sure government becomes we the people. Whether you are liberal, progressive, conservative, or otherwise, you get to hear your point of view. We are an independent media outlet that, unlike mainstream media beholden to corporations, we only owe allegiance to you. Remember, you can also send me a tweet at E-G-B-E-R-T-O-W-I-L-L-I-E-S. That is at Egberto Willis. Let us engage. It is politics done right. Welcome to Politics Done Right from the studios of KPFT 90.1 FM, Houston, your community radio station. We have a great program. For I'll discuss economics with expert, Wall Street expert Marlon Weems. Democrats do not, do not see rural areas, do not see 2022 by believing it's all over. And we have a lot more to talk about, but you know, what I always say, folks, let's go ahead and get busy. Now, this is completely and entirely funny. You guys are going to have to see this. It's Trump's niece, Mary. But interestingly, she does. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture, and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Some deep, a deep dive into his psyche, and it is funny what she came up with. Check this out, and then we'll go ahead and take it on the other side. Because it, it does have implications over the long run to those people who follow the senor Donald Trump. I think you'll find this intriguing. Mary, let me begin with the question about how you're feeling since you weren't mentioned in the genius section of the Trump speech uh, about all of the geniuses in your family. I'm, I'm crushed, uh, although I would like to point out to Donald that sometimes genius skips a generation. Uh, but um, Clearly, he wasn't factoring that into his calculations. I do find it fascinating that he thinks just because my uncle was a physicist and my grandfather was really good at, at using federal money to screw working people over that that somehow uh, redounds to Donald's intelligence. Um, yeah. What I, I, I want to turn. What do you say? Man, woman, camera, person. I don't know. I, I want to turn to your uh, professional insight here as a psychologist. What you're seeing when you see. A patient, let's call him that, uh, up there with a the microphone uh, talking about, I don't like it when people call me stupid. And then he goes on to draw more attention to people calling him stupid and then attempts uh, to prove that he's not. And I think it's an objective uh, listener could say he did not prove that. Uh, what is happening psychologically with that person? Um, I've, I've often referred to Donald as a black hole of need. And it's never enough. Any, any compliments people give him, uh, it's never enough to fill that void, partially because 
they what they're saying isn't convincing to him because they're only saying what he wants them to hear. And also because he knows it isn't true. He knows he's a deeply unintelligent person. He knows that he's severely damaged and has severe limitations. So he's always trying to uh, fill a need that is unfillable. And it's sort of like when he talks about love, it's clear that he doesn't understand what it is because he's never had experience with it. And it ends up, as you say, just proving the point he's desperately trying to avoid having been proven. Uh, so that that uh, clip you showed was a perfect example of how he, he keeps digging and then he gets distracted um, by another example of his narcissism, which again is unending. So again, the question is, why do people follow psychopaths? I mean, what, what she says is, is it interesting? Why is he so narcissistic? Why is he the form that he is? Because he knows he's unintelligent. He knows he's a damaged person. He knows he's a black hole from someone who knows him. But you notice there's something else that she went and made sure she did. She made sure to point out that in as much as they have smart people in the family, the physicists, that in fact his father may have been the genesis of everything negative about Donald Trump. Because what was he famous for? Taking advantage, taking away from those who least could afford him taking advantage of. That's what she accuses his father justifiably of being. And who was his mentor but his father? A deeply flawed person who ruled this country, who was about to overthrow democracy in this country, and one who was about to make the world a much more dangerous place. I, I want to play this piece. It's a snippet from Chuck Todd. And then I want to talk a little bit about it afterwards because it pains me. Uh, this pains me. And I want you to listen to the young woman in the cornfield. I want you to listen to the woman in the cornfield at the end. And then I want to kind of extrapolate on that. It's very important. Let's go with it. Taking a look at election results over the past few decades, it shows us a flashing warning side for Democrats as the nation's urban-rural divide has deepened. Democrats have increasingly lost support in rural America. In 1996, then-President Clinton, he won a whopping 1,117 counties, rural counties, including all but 20 of Iowa's 99 counties. Basically, he won half of the nation's rural counties. But in 2008, Barack Obama won less than half of that, just 455 rural counties, even though he had won a popular vote by seven points nationwide. That's all the rural counties he could win. Fast forward to 2020, the numbers shrunk again. Joe Biden won just 194 counties. That's just 17% of the total that Bill Clinton won in 1996. And the latest NBC News polling shows you that the problem has not gone away. It's gotten worse. Trust me, Terry McAuliffe in Virginia knows this. Yes, Democrats have an advantage in the urban areas, 24 points on the generic congressional ballot. But as you move out geographically, the Democratic numbers shrink, and the Republican numbers grow and grow big time. 34 points right now. The number appears to be growing. For our current episode of Meet the Press Reports, I traveled to Iowa. I talked to voters about why the Democratic Party is simply hemorrhaging rural support. 
Do you feel as if simply having a D next to your name is why you lost? Yes. Patty Ruff lost her state house seat representing Clayton County in 2016. We had her picture taken with Hillary Clinton stopped by, as all candidates do. Sure. And I foolheartedly, I guess, now in retrospect, but I, I posted it. I was a proud mom, and I posted it on Facebook. And they used that. They cut my Just son out. literally, and, you yep. have a picture with Hillary Clinton. Yep. And that's all they did. Yep, they ran it. You're a national Democrat. Yep. Clayton was one of 31 counties that were carried by Barack Obama and Donald Trump overwhelmingly rural, and home to roughly a quarter of all Iowans. In 2020, Biden failed to win a single one of these counties back. There was no way Biden was going to win Iowa in 2020. It just was not going to happen. Ryan Brunig chairs the Clayton County Democratic Party. Any version of Joe Biden? None. It was not going to happen as long as Trump was on the on the thing. He got annihilated um, in 2020. Uh, Democrats did here in Iowa in the state races. Ruby Boddicker ran and lost a campaign for state house in 2020. I feel like an exhausted rural Democrat. I'm tired. I feel like there's a lot of... At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Wait on me. Like, I just, I just, I, I honestly just want to be done a lot of days. I mean, I have four kids. I have a full-time job. I'm a single mom. I work, I don't even make $15 an hour, and I, I'm tired. Our special report also has a story by my colleague Antonia Hilton about how black rural voters feel abandoned by the Democratic Party. Let me, t- let me, let me qualify something. The woman in the field, all right, her reality is also reflected by, she's a Democrat, and her reality, her suffering is also reflected by her Republican neighbor. But the way the Republican system works is they create boogie persons, right? We create Nancy Pelosi as this left-wing California liberal. We create AOC as this socialist being. We create, uh, I forgot the other one that they, they, they like to use, uh, Miss Clinton, I notice how many, how often they use women. It's amazing how the misog- the misogyny works as alongside the uh, the attacks, right? And they make all these people boogie persons, right? And then they tag all Democrats to this into some concept, right? So by running and tagging you, and you staying away. It becomes the reality to true Republicans. And remember, uh, a political party is sort of a cultural thing. One of my business partners, great guy, great friend of mine, he's a Republican. He's a New, he's a New York Republican, right? And he's a Republican his entire life. And we and he is one of my most was one of my well, it's still my trusted partner because he does a few things for me every so often with old clients that need service. He takes care of, of them for me. And I mean, 
the one thing we can do, me and this other Republican guy, is talk. And it's funny because we agree on just about everything except, again, he believes in a little bit more independent individualism than I do, but not to the extent of hurting people. He believes a lot of what I, what I believe. But what we both notice, again, is what is done, and it's mostly done on the right, but some of it on the left, very little bit on the left, right? You, you know, and, and I have an interview with a, a long interview, it's a 43-minute interview that I did today. That's going to kind of tell you what the democratic problem is, right? We always talk about everybody being our friends, right? Uh, and a Republican would be tearing into a Democrat and say, my friend, and all that kind of stuff. And to some extent, I do that, but I just don't turn the other cheek. What I do is I don't do it for the politician, but for the people who the politician has snowed, I do it for them. So for those of you who criticize me for always reaching out to the other side, I'm not reaching out to politicians on the other side because they know what they're doing. I'm not look, reaching out to the pundits on the other side because they know that they know the damage that they're doing already because that is a damage that allows them to succeed. Remember, Republican policy is non-existent. There isn't Republican policy that has been successful in this country. It's not. It's not. There's, there's no Republican policy that has been successful. And there's a reason why. Because their goal is to support their benefactors and the neoliberal Democrats as well, by the way. So my goal is to always address my fellow citizen, irrespective of party, with respect. I'm not going to, if they slap me, I'm slapping them back. If they punch me, I'm punching them back. If they talk, if, if they listen to me, I'll listen to them. You know, and I'll try to create that platform where we can listen to each other. And that is how you get the communication going. But one of the reasons I will never hold it against the other side is I remember I wasn't a right winger or anything like that. But I had certain prejudices that I've overcome. And I've overcome them because, one, few people were willing to talk to me, and two, I was, I was willing to accept and change. Joe Scarborough hits the nail on the head today. He gave an excoriation of MAGA and the Republican Party like no other. And coming from a conservative, coming from somebody who lived his life as a Republican, it means a lot. It says a lot. I want you to listen to this and then we'll go ahead and take it on the other side. The secretary says the president's focus won't be on Trump directly, but on the candidates who are, quote, under the whim of the former president. And Joe, I just uh, I still think this might be a step behind, because when you're looking at Trump's hold on people, it's cult like it literally matches the definition of a cult and extreme. That still is in the category of normal extreme versus not so extreme. I think we're talking about something completely, uh, completely different. Yeah, well, we are, especially with the Washington. And why not use the words? Especially with the Washington politicians who are, who are just acting like freaks. I mean, there have been, you know, fun. hundreds of thousands of words written about working class and middle class Americans and why they were attra attracted to Trump's populist message. Uh, 
at the beginning, uh, why they're still disaffected and still don't want to go back to mainline candidates. But we need to look at the type of candidates that, that Jen Psaki and the White House are talking about. We need to look at what's, what's before us and how extreme these Washington politicians, these MAGA Washington freaks are. You know, the New York Post reported that an influential House Republican said that being in the military is, quote, like throwing your life away and should never let her son go into the military. Is, is that middle America? Another high-profile Republican called freedom fighters like Zelensky. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. A thug and called the Ukrainian government that's fighting Putin, quote, incredibly evil. There's also the guy that carries loaded guns to airports and films himself engaging in really disturbing acts. He needs help. Also, their fearless leader, Donald Trump himself, keeps calling Putin a genius, keeps calling the invasion of Ukraine brilliant, and keeps refusing to condemn a war criminal that is killing Ukrainians every single day. This is the party the White House should explain, this is the party that brought you Jewish space lasers. This is the party that talked about that dude from Italy who they say stole the election with a satellite. Remember those bamboo particles that Republicans claimed were in Arizona ballots and those ninja freaks or whatever they were called that went in and they were going to show that Biden stole the election, but except it ended up that they get, get even more votes for Joe Biden. They've, they've called one lie after another lie from websites run by Chinese religious cults. You heard it right. From websites run by Chinese religious cults. This is what America wants. Mm. And of course, there's always been one funny controversy after another churned up by Republicans so they can govern by gesture and proclaim their need to be radical so they get to own the libs. But lately, those politics of gesture have morphed into actual policies that are hurting you, that are hurting you and your family, that are hurting Americans in Trump states. The Texas governor attacks truckers in his own state because he thinks that's how he owns the libs. But he ended up costing Texans $4 billion. And there, as Jen said, there's a Florida governor's crazed attack on Florida taxpayers, going to cost him about a billion dollars via his war on the Magic Kingdom. Again, to own the libs. But he's just ending up owning his own taxpayers in Central Florida. And yesterday, a harshly written Supreme Court draft that we talked about leaked on Monday that will end a 50-year constitutional right, get this, that only 19% of Americans support being stripped away. Only 19% of Americans want to ban abortion. And what lies ahead if Trumpists keep winning? It's just getting worse.
Candidates like J.D. Vance say they want the centralized state in Washington, D.C. to seize all the assets of the Ford Foundation because they are insufficiently loyal to Donald Trump, a man that he still claims had the 2020 election stolen from him. These people are, if I can quote Aristotle here, crazy. These people are, if I can quote Aristotle, crazy. You know what Joe uh, Scarborough did there is excellent. He aggregated the abject stupidity of the party and the MAGA crowd that's running the party. Now, look, we can really have some compassion for those who are seeing a plutocracy that has created inflation when there's no real shortages, that have create that have made their health care horrendous and no one out there explaining to them. Yesterday on, on the program, I started to point out what Democrats need to do. Democrats need to go out there and go into the rural areas, go everywhere, everywhere that they think people won't listen to them and explain to them, not in the form that we normally do things, but for their bread and butter, for their tractors for their for their grocery stores etc all the things that really maga is screwing them over for that's what we need to do we i mean it's you're not going to win them all over and some of them are going to look at you suspiciously you're just coming in to talk to them for the first time over in the last 30 40 years but when joe scarborough aggregates things the way he did uh, it isn't something that is all that difficult for any Democrat, for any progressive, for any thinking Republican to go out there and do. And look, you know, while most people would like to look at others and say, oh, those people are stupid. I think no one is stupid. I think a lot of folks are victims of their circumstances and their indoctrination. After all, many of us have been indoctrinated into thinking capitalism, the way it works in America is somehow great for most Americans when it isn't. So we can be indoctrinated. Everybody can, the right, the left, and everywhere in between. So it is incumbent on us as human beings to be compassionate with each other, to be empathetic with each other and work with each other to get something accomplished. And you know what? If we do that, we can not only beat MAGA, we can not only beat a fraudulent GOP, we can beat a fraudulent democratic uh, neoliberal and start filling ourselves up with progressives of all, of all plights who will, out, will, who will go out there and do the work for the people of America. I am honored once again. You guys know I love this guy. Why do I love this guy? Because in as much as we don't agree on all aspects of economics, he has a point of view that I will always listen to. Marlon Weems, <laughs> a.k.a. The Journeyman, a man who spent 30 years in finance, 10 of those on Wall Street's global investment banks, and subsequently hired him to help them decipher developments in the financial and socioeconomic landscape. Marlon points out that mainstream news really drills down enough to give a true picture of what's happening, let alone what it all means, and henceforth the need for writers like the journeyman, the journeyman <laughs> Marlon Weems. Welcome to Politics and Right once again. Good to be back with you, Egberto. Yeah, well, today I'm, I'm becoming a friend of the show. <laughs> well, I mean, the first time you appeared on the show, sir, you were a friend <laughs> that, of the show. That got so me in. <laughs> the becoming is not uh, is not does not compute. Are computes? You are. Okay, <clears throat> let me let me let me start it this way. 
one of the reasons I asked you to come on is that that I either you said something about capitalism or I said something about capitalism. And I probably objected to something you said, and you probably objected to something I said. I don't know if it's really an objection other than a clarification. Yeah, yeah. But what I wanted to, you know, I, I have been getting very upset at what's been going on. You know, um, I wrote a piece recently called um, Insanity, right? Insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. And we have learned how to go into these boom-bust cycles, and we've learned how to talk about inflation as if, it's real and supply chain as if the government has something to do with it, et cetera, et cetera. And it just got me upset. So you see some of the anti-capitalist notions that I've been going through right now. What are your thoughts, first of all, uh, as far as capitalism, not the way you would want it, but the way that we practice it? Well, I, um, I, have written about this, um, and and I call it, you know, American capitalism ain't really capitalism. Mm -hmm. um, and and I'll just give you so the answer to your question is you and I probably uh, are, are closer in agreement than you might think, but um, there's some areas that that we differ. Mm -hmm. um, so, for example, uh, I, I'm not against socialism because. There's so much of it in our system already. I mean, what's Obamacare? What's Social Security right. or, you know, the things that we all collectively share in, like utilities, fire departments, et cetera. The, the problem that I have with capitalism, and, and I would say that I'm still a capitalist, not as much as I was when I worked on Wall Street. So, mm -hmm. you know, I jokingly say I'm a recovering capitalist or a reformed capitalist, you know, <laughs> uh, I still believe in it because um, the alternatives, I don't think, are necessarily much better. They all have pluses and minuses, if you will. So I'm not against socialism, like I said. I'm just not sure the problems that we have in capitalism um, are fixable by going to socialism. So what I mean by that is, um, you know, does that solve equality? I think it probably helps, certainly. But I just think humans, by our nature, are gonna grift. We're gonna cheat, you know. And so, so to me, the problem that is is really getting you ticked off and frustrated, as well as as well as me, uh, I think isn't so much to do with capitalism as it is the implementation of it, you know. So what I mean by that is any system, for example, that you have where you just don't regulate what people do, you're going to have problems. You're going to have the same. You understand what I mean? So yeah. I was there was a, a video. Maybe it was one of your shows from it had to be pretty recent where you were talking about. Well, you played. Um, pardon me. The allergy season down yeah, in it, North it's, Carolina. It's, here too, man. I, I hear you. I, I don't want to blow your, your ears out with a sneeze. So, no, you, you played a, a video in one of your um, episodes of Stephanie Rule, and right. she's talking about what, what was going on with Goldman and Russia and so on. See, to me, and, and this is something that I learned working on Wall Street, whatever the rules are, by nature, people are going to, you know, my grandmother had a saying that water will seek its own level. She's you know, right. People are going to look for the loophole. 
and they're going to exploit it. They'll do that in Sweden. They'll do it in Venezuela and they'll do it here. So when you leave the door open for Goldman to do what they're doing, it's not like they're cheating because you set it up that way. So, you know, I just I just think that um, what we need to do is reform capitalism and make it more progressive. And one of the things that disenchanted me with working on Wall Street was during the financial crisis, seeing firms that had had taken capitalism to the like the nth degree. Right. And then when it when, you know, it, it, it went wrong. They didn't like capitalism anymore. They needed some socialism. <laughs> right. Exactly. So, exactly. You know, and everybody and we used to joke that, you know, Wall Street is capitalism on the way up and socialism on the way down. So, um, you know, I, I guess I'll leave it there. I don't I, I hope I answered your question. No, no, I think you did a great job. I mean, uh, I'm going to I'm going to define something here and say that I think. What you pointed out to me, you want all these regulations in which I think is a must. And I think once you do all of that, capitalism isn't as capital as it is, as you know, as capitalist as it is, as it is anymore. Sure. Right. Well, I don't so, really care that I, I, I don't agree. know. I don't really know that. It, I don't know that we've ever been 100 percent capitalist because. Right. We have, like I said, you know, Wall Street's the last bastion of capitalism till stuff went wrong. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, oh, please help us. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, pure capitalism would mean the chips fall where they may and you go out of business or not. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. the way the book version of capitalism is. Right. You know, there are, some, there are certain there are other aspects of it that are concerning that I want to touch on. But before I touch on that. I just want to ask you another question with regards to bifurcated economies, right? Mm-hmm. Um, basically, I think you've said you you don't mind it, right? A little bit of all the isms, just fine. Um, you know, I don't go ahead and define myself as a brother. You're a socialist because of the connotation that that has, but I sure. have no problem denoting that I am, in fact, a democratic socialist in 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 the in the same similar view us places like Denmark or Sweden or other places like that, Mm -hmm. that we have no problem thinking that they're somehow going to turn into a red China or something like that, right? But um, I think a bifurcated economy is what we need, right? I think essential services to humanity, energy, Mm -hmm. energy and uh, energy, healthcare, uh, healthcare, and a few other things should fall under the purview of we the people, the government, and what they should it, be utilities is what should, you're saying, right? Exactly. You 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 gave it the, the economic name. They should be utilities. Now, interestingly, I I think also the, the arguments that many capitalists would make that well, you throw healthcare into the government arena, you no longer get innovation. You throw energy into the uh, public domain, you no longer uh, get innovation. It it beho- it, it irks me that even our media, good media, doesn't set the record straight, that actually right. tells the reality that most innovation occur with government funding. Because sure capitalist companies don't take unnecessary risk. That's why they also buy other companies. You know, they find a little startup that does something and they prove, prove its value. That big company is going to buy it because it's already been proven. 
the fallacy that supporting these large corporations and making sure that we continuously have policies to support them over and over again, to me seems disingenuous in that most of the development, most of the intellect, most of all these things either come from universities or grants. I mean, I don't know of any corporation who has original design. They may have permutations thereof, but if you could tell me what, I mean, you go into deep oil drilling, you go into what NASA has done to allow for deep oil drilling, et cetera, it was all government paid for. Mm. So so I agree with you to an extent, which okay. probably is no surprise. Right. <laughs> um, so, so you're absolutely correct. As a matter of fact, uh, I did not realize um, just how, how true what you just said is. Um, until a few years ago, uh, I, for a year, was the head of business development for a biotechnology accelerator that was uh, under the, um, well, it, it existed or and still does within the um, University of North Carolina mm-hmm. system uh, in Wilmington. Mm-hmm. And so... You know, we had a totally separate campus of buildings and, you know, labs and all this stuff, which I did not touch any of that. I was there uh, basically to attract these little companies that, you know, so you have professors within the university that are working on different projects. And so we basically housed those guys and gave them a place to, you know, to develop and incubate and so on. Um, But during that time, of course, I saw firsthand how, um, you know, how the how different drugs get developed in the universities. And universities, nine times out of ten, don't reap near the benefit. Exactly. Because they're not really set up to do that. They're really set up to spin it out, mm-hmm. you know. And um, and so, yeah, you're right. Now, I would say in healthcare, that's certainly true. Um, but when I think of innovation and, and that's the argument for capitalism right. or the argument against less capitalism, let's say, right. is that you stifle innovation, which I, I tend to think that's true to an extent. Um, now I may be off, but you give me, I, I take the example of, uh, of Apple, you know, I'm glad you use I mean, that example. Yeah, That's a car. I mean, that, that's something that started in a garage, you know, now I'm sure at some point the government played a role because certainly if you're talking smartphones, sooner or later, you have to ride on the government in- infrastructure, you know? Uh, but I would say that the idea germinated with some individuals that just sort of built a technology themselves that, you know, changed the landscape. Um, I'm sorry, you you probably have uh, some thoughts on that. Yeah, let me let me interject a bit there, because, I mean, I don't want to take away anything from um, from Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs is a I I consider him more an artist than an intellect. Right. In Mm. other words, he created a beautiful computer and so forth. Wozniak was sort of the brainiac. And as, as in everything that occurs in capitalism, the brainiac somehow gets the back door. You know, uh, Steve sure. Jobs was always the guy that everybody could see was a cute guy. You know, well, he, uh, that, he that, was a, he was very good at um, 
the market. storytelling part of it. The exactly. Exactly. But then we go to the core, right? Uh, the pen and ma- or the mouse and the keyboard, and everybody look at uh, at uh, Apple's the Apple interface as being sure. wow, Steve Jobs creation. Not realizing that Xerox back in the olden days the mouse, with yeah, government yeah. with government intervention and support and all of that did this. So. Yeah, the, the, the great innovators aren't necessarily the um, the people who reap the profits from it, as an example as well. Uh, we see Bill Gates, Steve Jobs, Elon Musk, and all these guys who have billions in stocks in these companies, but the actual innovators, the people who are the guy, the engineers, the physicists, and all of these guys that aren't Steve Jobs and these other guys, they may have their stock options and make a few more bucks than the average American citizen, but they are not the one that capitalism allows to flourish. In other words, Steve Jobs, uh, and let's even look at Bezos. They take, a, a, my books are sell, sold through Amazon. Come on. And, you know, I, I mean. <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything. <laughs> okay, my, <laughs> my books are sold through Amazon. And interestingly, my brother, it's, um, it, it, it doesn't irk me that he makes a piece off of my stuff. It irks me that everything, a piece of it belongs to him. And there is no, because of a flaw, I think, in the system, he does, he has not earned that. So there is a distinct, there's a distinct disconnect between a person's worth and what capitalism allows that person to be worth. <clears throat> You follow so what I'm I saying? Would, I would, I, I do absolutely. And what I would say is this: um, I think your argument is not so much with capitalism; it's against the 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 way we do capitalism in America. Um, so, for example, yes, what you really I think would prefer um, is, and here's the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, Corporate America and the model that everybody, you know, that's the prevailing model or or, or way of thinking about how to distribute wealth right. is a shareholder. You know, you're focused on the shareholder. You're not right. focused on stakeholders. Right. Workers would be stakeholders. You see. So yes. I think maybe, um, you know, I think maybe Germany might be a good example. Yes. You know the. Um, I remember a few years back when um, they were, uh, I can't remember, I think it was in Tennessee, they were talking about building a plant there. Right. You know, of course, um, I I forget the senator that was, you know, still in office. I remember exactly who you're talking about, yes. But yeah, he got in the middle of it because, and, and the folks at Volkswagen were saying, we got no problem with the somebody representing the union being on the board because that's right. the way they do it there. You know, so so they have a say their interests are represented, but we're so um, wedded to the idea that the only people who should benefit are the people who own shares right. as opposed to, and, and, you know, it's, to me, that's a reflection of something political, maybe, not so much capitalism in and of itself, because you could certainly do it differently. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that's what I would say. And, you know, as far as Bezos goes, you, you saw, I think, the, la- the my most recent piece that I wrote 
is um, the title is something like um, the myth or the the actually the I have it right here the, the self-made fiction, billionaire the fiction of the self I haven't read it because I just went into tweet into Twitter and saw the <laughs> message here but I got to go find it is it on Medium or Substack um, or where is it it's, at it's on both it's on both okay. you can you can go to Medium um, and that's probably the easiest one but. Um, well, I, let me just the, let you know. Let me let you everybody sure. know beforehand. I'm a paid member I'm, uh, of Medium, so anytime I read your stuff, you get paid. Just just saying. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, good old capitalism, man. <laughs> but I, I look, I but, look at that. I look at that as I get value. I, I get value. You get value, sure. right? And, my, and if my if my stuff is substandard, nobody's going to read. Nobody's going to read it, right? And, and, and that's the whole. I'm fine with that. But and and I'm glad that you just said that, Brother Weems, because here is what gets me: um, the value that that Bezos was able to capital. I don't know if I ever told you the story when I just started my business. I think back in the late '80s, early '90s, I, mm-hmm. I I wrote software. I'm a mechanical engineer, but I wrote software, and I created this thing uh, that was just uh, online. It was when the internet was just coming out, you know, new stuff, mm-hmm. and I I was creating a shopping cart for the web. I had to okay. find the idea because of what I was, uh, when, when I did a patent search just for the, somebody suggested I do it or something like that. Jeff Bezos patented one click. So anybody who tried okay. to implement a cart in that fashion, one click, something that he probably doesn't even know to write himself as an electrical engineer, which is sure. what he is, right? Um, so he patented that. and. By holding folks back on carts and all those things, Bezos took over the market. A lot of people don't know that story, right? And, oh, it's, uh, it's very similar to Facebook buying yes. up all the little, you know, the thumbs up thing was right. Friendster, I think it was. Yes, yes. And they just bought that up. And then, you know, they bought WhatsApp, they bought Instagram. So, and in my opinion, screwed them all up. But, <laughs> you know, that's. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so there's, here's, but again, that is back to my little, I don't don't think it's a theory, it's just my observation Mm -hmm. that people do what the the market, the government, they they do what we let them get away with. That's that's why I do what I do, because I'm trying to enlighten people not to do that, but go ahead, yes. Yeah, well, you know, so um, we're in a situation now where you basically got, um, you know, was it Teddy Roosevelt was the trust buster, right? Yes, yes. I mean, because that's what we got now. We've got, yes. Um, see, capitalism's supposed to be all about competition, too. Innovation, mm-hmm. competition, free enterprise, you know, free market. We don't do that. I mean, think about it. I think the, the top, I, I want to say, uh, if you look at the poultry market or the meat, market, yeah. you know, uh, you, you got Smithfield, Tyson, and yeah. uh, what's the other, JBL? It's right. like four people that got yes. 40% of the market. Actually more. That, you're supposed yeah. to break that up, but yeah. we don't do it. Right. You know, um, we, uh, see, you mentioned Elon Musk a minute ago. Uh, that's the guy that drives me crazy. And look, of course, he's a smart guy. He's probably a genius, all this stuff can be true, but the government has propped this guy for years. I mean, <laughs> one contract after another. So all I'm saying is, are are there not maybe 
three or four other guys? Is there not a woman that maybe some that that could also have gotten some of that? You know, let me tell you. Know. Let me know. It's I think you do know, sir. Let me let me just say something that I feel. Okay. I, I, I've met you recently and I've spoken to you and I consider you a, a very, very smart person. I have also, you know, read a whole lot about uh, Steve Jobs. I read a whole lot about Bezos, read a whole lot about Elon Musk and all these guys. And in America, it seems like if you learn the rules of capitalism, it is unnecessary to be all that smart of course <laughs> donald trump is the epitome of that right okay Sorry, but what, yeah, what, he... I, the, the reason i'm saying that is that I, I i look at what bezos did i could have done it i look at yeah. what uh what uh what um bill gates did i know hundreds of my engineering brothers who could have done that what they didn't have were two things capital yep and capitalist know-how and it's amazing that both capital and capitalist know-how in america or trumps everything i would say i would add on to that uh and this may be a a subset of that capitalist know-how it's, uh -huh. it's access and see uh you're, that's a better word sir that's a better word yes you're right well yes. and and let me if i can just kind of so what I write about is what, you know, it's not unique to me, but it's just my observation is that there is an intersection between, um, you know, the economy, politics, and uh, at least in, in my estimation, uh, let's call it racism. Um, uh -huh. And so, for example, had you been just as smart as uh, uh, Bill Gates, Steve Jobs, you pick, your blackness would have prevented you um, statistically. You know, certainly there are some black people that have excelled. You know, you got Bob Johnson, you got yeah. different folks, you got Oprah. But what I'm saying is the system is built in such a way to elevate the Bezoses and to, you know, keep the, I wanna, you know, I, other I wanna folks move, I want to move your words a step further. And I, and, and I mean this from the depths of my heart, and I, I am not saying this otherwise. I think you are, and I am, no less smart than those people that you've mentioned. And I don't, I'm not even saying sure. that to be cocky. I'm not saying no, no. that to say to, of, of anything. I'm just saying what you and I know. Uh, Technically speaking, what I know, okay, I, I'm not sure, but I don't know if you're an engineer or not, but I know I you're, you're a fine, but I know you're a finance <laughs> guy who knows how the system operates. I know that. So what I'm saying is in each of our domains, I don't think any of these guys, and, and by the way, I have an audience at, at uh, Politics Done Right, and sure. most, most of the people in my audience uh, I don't, I, I consider those people. And, and I, 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 when I tell them this, I, I sometimes think, do they think I'm just trying to butter them up? I'm not. And the reason why is when I, the places that I've worked, I've worked for NASA, I've worked in the oil industry, I've worked in all these domains and I've rubbed shoulders with all these people, people from Harvard, Princeton, all mm -hmm. these guys, right? 
And it, what was amazing to me was the aura matching the deeds. <laughs> the aura match, the aura never matched the deeds. And that word that you corrected me on, Marlon, when you said you would put it a different way, access. That's what we're talking about there. Yeah. Okay. That's I'll, what we're I'll talking give you an about. example, just to your point. So <clears throat> I, I worked on Wall Street for 13 years. Mm-hmm. Um, I, um, I guess the last five years, I ran a, um, uh, an algorithmic trading operation. So mm-hmm. we, you know, you hear, uh, about program trades and all the complicated right. stuff. So that's what we did. Quantitative trading, um, for some of the biggest players that exist, biggest pension funds, biggest hedge funds, you know, the whole thing. Um, and then of course, when we had the financial crisis, that kind of rejiggered everything, you know. Uh, so I left New York. Sometimes, uh, you know, circumstances make the decision for you. Yes, for you, right? Um, but we had we had talked about uh, at that point. You know, it, it's kind of like playing football when you you know it's time. Right. And and my kids were getting, um, you know, an age to a place where we wanted a little different lifestyle. So Mm -hmm. I'm from Arkansas. I didn't want to go back that far south. Uh, (laughs) At the time, I thought that I was- But Arkansas is beautiful, sir. Oh, yeah. It's a beautiful, uh, you know, I've still got family there, but having come from New York, New Jersey, that was just too much of a, you know, an unwind for me. So um, I thought, well, okay, I've, you know, I've run trading operations on Wall Street. I shouldn't have any trouble. Um, you know, finding a, a, a spot in Charlotte, you know, which is a money center. Right. Uh, certainly Raleigh. Dude, I could I could barely get interviews. Right. And, and I, you know, look, I had a trifecta going. I mean, it was I'm black and age was probably another mm-hmm. factor. Right. And, you know, I would hear that I was overqualified. Right. And what that meant well, that's was, a magic word. Yeah. Yeah. The, you know, the guy who's hiring is looking at me as a potentially coming in, taking his job. Right. You know, so um, all those factors and, and who's to say which one is the most, but I, you know, technology works both ways. So I started to, I started to observe when, you know, I, my people are hitting my resume and and there's interest. And then I noticed they've gone to LinkedIn and they see my picture. Right. Right. <laughs> then right. suddenly. Right. Well, we don't know. You know, right. we're, we've kind of we're already looking at some people. Et cetera. Right. And so um, the thing about capitalism, I guess, is that I just made the decision, OK, I'm going to take what I know and do something else with it, you know, and you have that flexibility. And I guess one of the, um, the beautiful things now is how information is so democratized, right? That what we're doing right now, you know, years ago, say 30, 40 years ago, we had to be working at a TV station to do this. Do it. Yeah. Exactly. Someone had to allow us Us to to do do it. it. Now we naturally get for people you know and and this is what i find and i'm honored i i just say this i'm honored you know i have a small audience but i'm honored to have an audience 
Uh, and when I say small, I, you know, small is relative, right? But I mean, um, interestingly, uh, the, the, what I've noticed is when you come across as honest, whether it is somebody who believes that you're full of it because you're completely <laughs> anti-capitalist in the way it works, once you get that respect, doesn't matter who the person is. I think you've 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 articulated that several times before yeah. with some of the people that follow your work, including myself. I follow your work, uh, you know. So I mean, um, I, I think that is important. And to your point, the democratization that technology has allowed gives us this platform. But because we don't own enough of this platform, it can be taken away. Sure. Yeah. That's always, um, and that's where the capitalism portion of what I talk about, because I know for a fact that my stuff, many of my stuff gets throttled on the internet because Mm -hmm. of certain subjects that I cover, right? Capitalism, one of the major subjects. And I think what's going to be important is, uh, as you said earlier, is that we're going to have to have things like regulations that prevent them that treats this what we are on as a utility of really truly free expression as opposed to something these private entities control and can decide who will have the honor of being elevated because when we talk about capitalism that when i talk about it when i preach about it i talk about it being a system where you have to be invited into it and i'm not pure you're not pure i've had stocks i've had bonds i've had these different instruments, these different capitalist instruments. But um, the fact of the matter is, ultimately, uh, I think we have to find some different mode of operation because two things, and and then then we're going to have to kind of, I'm going to ask you to wrap it up because you and I can talk forever. I just looked at the time (laughs) and realized that we we can talk forever. Um, but I, I think we're going to have to put some limits here because we can't have uh, the the 1% of the population growing at 10% a year, the 5% of the population growing at 7% of the year. And and the, the, it just it's a mathematical impossibility to continue those things. Likewise, we can't expect that the oil that's found on public lands should only be given to just a few people who decided to own shares. Another concept, and then I'm done. Uh, What gets to me is, and I said it in my past before, whenever I say, I let my money work for me, it's nothing more than saying I'm a good abstracted slave owner. And with that, I ask you, sir, to (laughs) give us a closing of our show with with, with, with with a free form discussion of capitalism. Um, you know, I, I don't, uh, as I said earlier, I, I don't disagree with much of what you said. I think um, perhaps our only difference is the how, you know, the how to fix it. Is it, um, see, I don't see a world in which Twitter or YouTube become utilities. Um, and, and I think that's more of a constitutional issue than anything. Um but at the same time, you know, see, and, and man, I hate using this, the, the slippery slope thing. So um, if you can't regulate who has access to a YouTube or a, a Twitter, 
then you have uh, conspiracy theorists and you have Russian bots all over the place spitting out false information. So I don't think either of us want that. No, but no. Uh, at the same time, what should happen is a um, politics done right or a journeyman should have uh, just as much ability to rise up the, you know, the latter uh, as, you know, um, I don't know, if you go on Facebook, you see the top, um, you know, the top groups on Facebook, and they're pretty much all uh, very far right. Mm -hmm. uh, leaning, you know, et cetera, because that's how Facebook gets paid. Right. Most. Um, so, so I don't know exactly. Well, I do know it, it's regulatory. It had, that's mm -hmm. the thing, but those kinds of regulations, um, seem not to succeed because, um, the people who talk the loudest say that's right. Socialism. <laughs> and well, so what we really need just to sum up, I think what, what we really need is better representation. Because uh, the people who don't want this do a much better job of marketing and screaming loud and so forth, uh, as opposed. And look, certainly there are people on the left that do a good job, but I, I think uh, by and large, you know, that side of the fence does a relatively poor job messaging mm -hmm. and telling people what you're saying and what we're talking about. So. You know, maybe we should just keep talking, I guess. Right. <laughs> Actually, you know what? That's what I, that's how I was going to close. I was going to say, first of all, anytime I talk to you, I, I, I well, when I talk to good folk, I always try to learn something. So I always learn from these conversations when I from everybody that I interview from my audience, I make sure to learn something. So, first of all, thank you for appearing here and and, and bring in, bring in that perspective. Uh, secondly, we are going to do this uh, more often if, if, if you're willing to do so, because I think Absolutely. Uh, le le later on, we'll probably make it a little bit more topical so that, um, you know, we, sure. we, we have a specific topic, but I just want to thank you for being here on politics done right again. And thank you for sharing my audience, your thoughts. I think they, uh, you know, but they've learned quite a bit of, you know, what goes on here in America. So, Mr. Marlon Weems, thank you so <laughs> kindly for having been on Politics Done Right. My pleasure. Welcome to Politics Done Right. I am your host, Egberto Willis. This is a progressive program that will take the mystery out of politics. This is the program that will encourage you to make sure government becomes we the people. Whether you are liberal, progressive, conservative, or otherwise, you get to hear your point of view. We are an independent media outlet that unlike mainstream media beholden to corporations, we only owe allegiance to you. Remember, you can also send me a tweet at E-G-B-E-R-T-O-W-I-L-L-I-E-S. That is at Egberto Willis. Let us engage.